Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Kevin. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over the quarterfinal action in the McAvoy Super Value Virginia Intermediate Football Championship and the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship. Um, as always, to look back over the action, the one man who goes to almost as many games as I go to, Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Cell. Paul, people ask me, do you not get sick of it? I, I don't. Do you? No, I love going to games. I don't like writing, <laughs> yeah. writing them up. It's the one thing actually drives me mad is writing up match reports. But no, I love going to games. Although I've been picking bad games this year, Damien. I'm, I'm, it, I, I find it to be a poor championship this year after a couple of great championships. But I think I've missed a lot of the good games. So it's not a fair reflection. Well, you definitely missed one on Sunday night. And, and you're, you're due to go to that one. And then you uh, something something cropped up, and you said to me, "Would you would you mind covering that one for me?" And my God, well, I was going to be doing a wee Cavan anyway, but I was delighted that that you had asked me to cover it. Now, like that, I don't like the match reports, don't like having to do them, but for me, they're a means to an end. I I I I can get to go to eight games on a weekend because I have to do match reports for them. So it's kind of the it's 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 the trade off. It's the yin and the yang, you know. Yeah, I oh know you can't you can't feed it. You can't feed it. It's, it's just I suppose there's there's so many different angles to it and storylines at this time of the year. Like who's injured, who's fighting with the manager. Um, you know the local derbies are always a great one, which we saw like with Kilachandra and Cornerfane. If that was Cornerfane and you know Butters Bridge or something, even though they're close, that it, w- it wouldn't be the same. A local derby no. in, in a quarter final, absolutely brilliant. So there's all those different angles to it as well. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's coming to the boil now. And you talk about the stories. The weekend was full of great stories. We'll start off with the Kilachandra Cornerfane game, but uh, Tomas O'Reilly plays an absolute stormer for Kilachandra, while his wife, I think her name's Louise, is having their second child. I understand at like during the game. Like that, there's the story in itself. Where were you when I was born? I was scored. Two points for Killish Andrews. We beat Cornerfane in the quarterfinal. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. <laughs> You're my hero forever. <laughs> and and then another great story of the weekend. Quivian McGovern, currently going through treatment, goes on and wins a free for Shannon Gales and, and wins an attacking mark as well for Shannon Gales in their one-point victory. So how important was that? Like, they're just great stories. They're what I love about sport. Yeah, brilliant. Feel-good stories. Uh, a great... Welcome to the world for little Ligor O'Reilly over there in Kilachandra uh, <laughs> on a big day. And, and well done to Tomas and, and his wife and the new arrival. And Kevin coming back, as you say, like that's just brilliant. Absolutely fantastic to, yeah. to, to hear about that. So, uh, and and uh, more importantly than anything else, Damien, it, it totally changes the picture for the, for the junior championship because you put a man like that back into that Shannon Gales team and all bets are off there. Unbelievably, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Like he's look at he's not going to be at his his absolute best, but he he comes onto the field. You got to watch him. You can't just leave him and go look. Let's ignore him. You've you've got to watch him. And and he, he proved in five minutes that if you don't fully watch him or aren't prepared for him, he's he's going to cause you problems. And and more than that, from the football end of it, just texting him, you know, saying delighted to hear that you're you're playing a bit. He he got great energy from it, you know, and that's win, lose or draw. It's 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 the positive effect that it's had on him and, and had on yeah. the people around. So look at someone someone um, sent me a link before to a to a debate 
on a message board where people were talking about, um, I think it's a reference to the podcast actually, but they were talking about what does Kiwi McGovern score for his team? Because someone had said like he's worth, I think maybe you had said on the podcast, he's worth six or seven points to his team. And some some lad was uh, disagreeing with this and someone else posted uh, what he what he actually was scoring for his, for his club. And it was unbelievable. Like people don't realise you take a player of that quality, put them into a junior championship match, like they'll they'll wreck they'll wreck defenses. And hmm. Shanigales now have the option. If there's 20 minutes in, in Kevin, Shanigales have the option of playing a 40 minute game now. They need to they need to yeah. get to the water break, then they need to get to half time. They've only got 10 minutes to go. Bring him on, everything changes. It's totally unsettles the other team. It gives them a massive option. And they will finish stronger with him on the field. So I think that's a huge game changer there if there's if there's 20 minutes in Kevin. Completely agree. Completely agree with you. But we'll get to the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Championship uh, games, the quarterfinals. Um, we'll start off with the uh, McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Championship quarterfinals. It started off in Kingspan Breffney, Friday evening. Local derby, as you said, old rivals and, and close neighbours, Cornafane and Kilishandra. And Cornafane. Uh, just couldn't get enough of the chances created over the bar or in the back of the net to to beat Kilishandra. Kilishandra's experience was huge in this game for me. I, I think their 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 more experienced players stood up. I was going to say they're mature players. I don't know if any if any man is ever really mature, but their more experienced players stood don't up. Become, don't become an overall feminist on me here now, David. <laughs> we're, ta- we're here to talk about Kilishandra and Cornafane. We're not born in our brass like. <laughs> well, Mickey Brennan is famed for saying, I, I, I might grow old, but I'll never grow up. And it's something, do you know what? I, I like the idea of it. Forever young, you know, um, or forever immature, depends on what you want to look at it. But do you know what? A couple of key points like Joe Masterson has been long spoken about as, as a great goalkeeper. And I'm every single game I see him, the evidence continues to grow in, in his favor that he is a great goalkeeper. Two really important saves. Um, his kickouts were excellent. He was finding the key battles and the, the advantages that Kilachandra had with kickouts and uh, and pushed on on it. Like Tomas O'Reilly, I I I I just thought he had a a, a monumental game without affecting it the whole way through the game. He picked his moments that, right, will kill a Chandra need something here. And he picked his moments to get the scores or to create scores or to win a possession and drive at, at corner fane and, and, and win a free. I just thought he, he was he was exceptional there. Obviously, then Shane Riley, you know, scored the, the very important goal for Kilishandra. Just, I think, overall, a lot more experience. Take it then to corner fane. And they battled so hard. Like a, a lot of people were talking about Owen Brady and what a good performance he had. He scored six points. Four of them came from freeze. Two of them were in the opening five, six minutes of the game. And then cornerback Pete Hogan decided, right, well, I'm I'm putting a stop to this. And Pete Hogan was absolutely brilliant. I ticked him off at seven interceptions or turnovers um on Owen Brady. Like that's that's a, that's a real good cornerback display, and he broke up the field. He carried the ball well. Cormac Cullen, another player for Cornerfane, worked exceptionally hard. Like the funny thing is, I'd have to say I think Cornerfane were the fitter team, had more of the possession, won more of the turnovers, definitely created more chances, but just didn't win the game because they couldn't take them. By by my recollection, they missed three goals and fourteen points. Um, compare that to Kilishandra. I have it down that they've only missed six six scoring opportunities. So it it probably tells his tale, Paul. Well, I, I wouldn't say anyone on that corner fan team has played in, in an intermediate championship semi-final. Uh, so that's where that's where experience mm-hmm. comes into it there. I saw Kilishander against Bally McHugh and I thought that just cool heads was a big thing. Like I think they make the most of what they have at their disposal. I think man for man, they're not they're not the best team in intermediate championship. Uh, and I think if they were to match up to someone like, like Bally Hayes, you wouldn't see that terrible many Kilishander men make it if it was an amalgamation. But what they have is is cool heads and lads that can step up at the right time. Now, I wanted to check back just through all the results to reference it there, but unfortunately the website, uh, that that's not ca- you're not capable of doing that on the website at the minute, which is, I think this website, everyone's complaining about it at the minute. 
Uh, currently, you can only check intermediate results back as far as last Friday. Uh, so, unfortunately, football only started last Friday, lads, so I can't reference the group stages anymore. But, uh, yeah, the Killer Shander, yeah. I think, winning four games in a row, it's it's huge for them. Cornerfin, last week we were saying there was a possibility we might be looking differently at their at their championship campaign if they were to lose this game because you know you're getting a wider sample there. They've just the one three in a row, they've lost two now, they lost to Collins in bad conditions, they've lost this one. Um I think they've made progress though. Like we were we were had them ranked for something like 28th or 29th in the power rankings before the championship. And I think they've they've improved on that. And with the few young lads they've brought into the team. They've probably shown enough that say that they can really contend as intermediate in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. The, the only worry for me was that now, and and they did manage to buck the trend, but they, their scoring average went down and 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 stayed down by the end of it. Like they scored nine times out of a total chance created of uh, seventeen. So twenty twenty six, you know, it's it's not it's not a good enough return um for chances created. But I'll 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 follow that up with it would be a whole lot worse if they weren't creating the chances and, and losing games. At least they're they, they know okay, well we've just got to improve on that element of our game and we should be there thereabouts. Because when you when you say that the scoring tallies went down there, I mean if you take out the Temple Port game, which there was an element of something freakish about that, because Temple Port were a completely different team after that. Like they scored four nineteen in that game. <clears throat> after that, I think they played Drumgoon, was it? And they scored like one thirteen or something. Again, I'm going off memory because the results yeah. can't be checked. One twelve or one thirteen. I wrote it down last week somewhere. Yeah, it's and, amazing that we're going back to pen and paper now because uh, don't yeah. start me on this now. Yeah, no, no, no. We will, we will put, but essentially, the the number of scores that they got from the Templeport game through to the final group stage game went down every single game. I think their final group stage game they got six points. They got six, but it, but they only conceded nine. Like that was a very very bad conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it, it it dropped each time now. They went back up to nine scores for the quarter final. But I still think if if you're looking at it on an average, I'd, I'd say in the intermediate championship, you'll want to be hitting the 13, 14 scores to win most games in it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that they dip below that a little bit. Who knows? And- who knows? Who knows? What were teams scoring <laughs> in the group stages? Couldn't tell you. Who knows, Damien? <laughs> Who knows? I, I'm sensing you have an issue here, Paul. I'm sensing, well, I think everyone, I don't know. everyone's given out about the website. Let's get this sorted. People want to check yeah. the results back and, and check tables and everything else. And you can't do it. Like, it's, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, do you, do you know who I reckon is to blame? Who? The bookmakers. They don't want you knowing the form. <laughs> they don't want you knowing how good teams are, how bad teams were, what the score differences are. And this is our, this is our uh, opportunity now. We should be. Going through the old copies of the Celt and having this prized information and selling it to people, or maybe the you county board be. is looking to make a few quid off these off this information <laughs> and, and sell sell a package of it. Yeah, yeah, conspiracy theories. It could be the aliens. Actually. It could be the aliens that are over it all. Um, to to conclude, there's good news, Paul. There's good news for you. You tipped Kilishandra. I tipped Cornerfain. Lovely. So you'll take that one on a, on our rankings in case anybody didn't listen in to not our rankings our uh, our predictions if you didn't listen into the diehards podcast um on the senior one paul got five out of six which was a good enough showing but i got six out of six so i'm i'm one ahead of him on the, the one so far. the one i missed was i went for a draw in mullerhorn and, and kingscourt which yeah i think and i've Barry hit the, done I've hit the crossbar big time in this competition but the, the, the cream is going to rise to the top here before it's over yeah you've a bit of, you've a bit of chasing to do though you're, I think I think by the end of this week you're three down again. So, but anyway, we'll we'll, we'll not spoil as we go forward. Cuhullins against Killing Care, Lavi um, on Saturday evening. Killing Care coming up short, but they gave a wee bit of a heart attack to Cuhullins at the end. Now Cuhullins were down to fourteen players. Adam O'Reilly sent off on a second yellow card after about twenty minutes in the game. Um, left it that you know Cuhullins couldn't be be that comfortable in it but they they were pretty much in control the whole way through until three minutes into injury time three or four minutes into injury time um killing care 
bagged a goal, which brought it back to a two-point game. Peter McCabe got on the end of a, a flick back in towards the square by Kieran Flynn and then flicked it to the back of the net. And even though Killing Care didn't look like they deserved to get something from the game, the possibility was there. But Brian McGee stepped up, ran 40 yards, stuck the ball in the back of the net, like a, a really dominant sort of... Uh, goal by Brian McGee, but a really good display by McGee. I know you made it to most of this game as well. Were you as impressed with McGee as I was? I was. Yeah, I was. I was actually, I got in about 20 minutes into it and I was standing in the corner beside the the scoreboard end. So I had a great view of Brian McGee's goal because he scored it into that end and it was absolutely brilliant. Just drove through. Like he's, he's a phenomenally good player at intermediate level. There's not many defences that can handle him because he's such a big man and he can move as well. And he's got great feet. He kicked a couple of points on it, or a couple of frees. Four. Two frees, two from open play. Yeah, he stands up for a free. He's just, his technique is the exact same every time, and you just know yeah. this is going over the bar. He rarely misses a free. And when you've had Evan Doughty there as well, like that's, that's two players that would make any senior attack. And I don't know if there's any other team in intermediate that could say that they have two forwards that would make every senior team in the county. But Cucullins definitely have that. So I think that's a huge weapon for them. I think they're very fit as well. Um, now, mm. Killing Care, again, they conceded 2-14. And they're just conceding too much, Killing Care. That, that is the weakness in that Killing Care team this year. They're, we don't know what they conceded in the group, but I remember it being very high. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they conceded 2-14 again. They've got the, they have the worst defence out of the 24 teams that made it through to mm. the... To the knockout stages in the three championships so that's the area that Killing Care need to tighten up on yeah it's funny too like they are down defenders through injury and and that can have its effect on it but I don't know whether whether it's just that I love teams who who would rather be part of a high scoring game than than just completely block out the opposition's defence look I'd like to have the balance all right, but Butler's Bridge, Killing Care. I enjoy watching them. I just, these sort of teams that, they're, they're not overly focused on defence, but I agree with you that it is, in Killing Care's um, time, or in, in, in terms of Killing Care, it is their Achilles. And Butler's Bridge, it is their Achilles too, and, and may come to cost them dearly at the it's end not of just it all. Their, it's not just their Achilles, it's their entire lower body. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely, like, I, th- I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy to to go out game after game and concede like that. I think it's, I think yeah. it's mad. Now, maybe that's the way that suits them. If, but. if you remember a, a few years back, we were talking about Swan and Byron this term, you know, that they were they were just conceding an average of three goals per game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I went to watch them and they did try with sweepers and different things to, to, to shore it up. But sometimes it's just part of when when you get possession of the ball if you don't finish out the move everybody is moving in that direction forward and the counter attack is where you get caught out and and it can be as much about what you're doing with the ball as it is what you're doing without the ball you know is that that split second those three four seconds that it takes for you to turn around and get back they're exhilarating teams to watch like like the bridge and killing are two brilliant teams to watch like because they just go at it um, but for their for their own chances of winning, now I know the bridge are in the final last year. They're back in the semi this year, so it's probably a bit much to say that they're doing a the whole pile wrong. But I I just think to win championships, you're making it difficult on yourself if you're leaking scores. But um, Hollands, if you just to, to compare briefly, so they scored what did we say it was two goals and fourteen points. They missed one goal and six. So take take that as as a score and average. It's pretty good. I thought that that Evan Doughty was very effective up front. Uh, granted, most of his scores come from frees, but he is fouled for quite a few of those frees himself. Um, and then Adam O'Reilly is usually usually excellent, but he he was he was off injured. Um, Mark Gilson for me had a really good game for Kuhn yeah. in the forward line. Very direct, takes on his man. Um, good ball carrier, full of energy. I thought like that that Kuhulin's forward line is is pretty star studded. You know, yeah, when, when I was you see Connor Smith on the bench. Yeah, I was impressed with Gilson as well. He's in great shape. Like they've obviously worked very hard, Kuhulin's. Um, and you, you can see that on them as well. Um 
I know they're 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 going really well. Like you made the point that the only team to have beaten them is Mullahorn, who are into the top eight in the senior now. So that's in, in league and championship. So so far so good for for Cullens. For Killing Care, um, Brian Clark was back in goals. A key point for this game was Shawnee Johnston had Cullen set up to deal with Brian Clark's short kickouts, and you know. They, they, it was something that Killing Care had been relying on. It was to use Tomas O'Shea's uh, term, hammer to hammer. They, they went after the strongest part of Killing Care's game and they, they took it apart. They really chased it down. They were hunting into the middle. They were, they were leaving them the options in the middle, but close enough to them that once the Killing Care defender or midfielder received the ball, there was going to be three or four Cujolins players swarming them forcing turnovers and then getting the score uh, to come in from it. So tactically, I thought Cujolins were well set up. They knew what they were mm. trying to achieve and they'd done it well. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. And Niall Carlin, I think, showed once again, he's he's a, he's, he's a, a player with massive potential. Like he's, he's so comfortable on the ball. I, I, I was describing it to somebody else after the game that he was, he was just trotting forward like he's you know barely at 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 jogging pace and players are sprinting around him but he's still moving as fast as they are he just mm-hmm. it looks like there's three more gears to go in him and when he hits those gears like i think they he was involved in mark gilson's goal involved is is an understatement he made mark gilson's goal like it was just a brilliant run up the field selfishly um selfishly just Panned it across to, to to Mark Gilson for a tap in goal. He could have finished it himself if he really wanted to. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a huge amount of Niall Carran playing. I've only seen him playing a few times, and I was very impressed with him as well on the ball. Um, I haven't seen him just because I haven't seen him enough. I haven't seen what his actual defending is like, and I imagine it's probably very good because he looks like such a good athlete. But on the ball, he's immediately strikes you as a class player. He's so classy. Uh, as you said, gliding over the ground, lovely style of solo and head up and bombing forward. So he looks to have all the tools. Yeah, definitely. So we both went for Cuhullins on this one. So pat on the back to, to us for that one. <laughs> um, third game then of the weekend in the McAvoy Super Value Intermediate uh, Championship quarterfinals. Ballyhays against McHugh. Both went for Ballyhays and they came away with the expected win here. I didn't hear much about this game though. Yeah, a minimum of fuss really was the phrase that was used to, to describe it for me. Like Ballyhays were were um, kind of always in control of the game. So like, Ballyhays are, are, they've got such quality I think in their squad that they're just cruising along at the minute and they're not really playing absolutely out of their skin yet they're winning games by five, six points kind of easily enough. Like it was 1-9 to 1-3 at halftime. Um, uh, I think I think actually Paddy McHugh got a goal very early uh, in this game. So that kind of that kind of uh, gave them a good leg up, but Ballyhays had one fifth or one nine scored as I said by half time, and uh, Michael Brady scored one two of that, and they just right. kind of kept them at arm's length. They fisted over a couple of points from Tierney at the end. Brian O'Rourke came on and played well and, and got a point. Kevin Tierney finished with five points. Um, Stephen Smith had one point from a free. Michael Brady, as I said, with one two. Dave, uh, Owen Clark who I think was lining out in the forwards, even though he was wearing six. I stand to be correct on that. I think yeah. Shane Tynan showed up very well. He linked up with Devine and, and scored a great goal, a really well-taken goal. Um, Mark Kiernan with four frees, one from play. Um, so look, I think Bally McHugh have consolidated. Um, they got a tricky draw there, a tough draw again, having the goal against Bally Hayes in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. I think they've consolidated. They're probably roughly in around where they were at last year. So with a few young lads coming into the team, Probably happy enough with that, and down a few key players as well. You know that that some of the Kiernan names that we usually associate with with strong performances for Ballymac. Well, Dylan, Dylan Kiernan been. is a class player, like a wing back. Yeah. I always impressed with him, so he hasn't been there um, from what I've seen. So yeah, there's a couple of lads like that, as far as I know. Um, yeah, which if they could get them back, it would strengthen them because they're, they're pretty solid. Like they're mid ranking sort of team that. You know, I think they, it wouldn't take that much to push them up into the upper tier. Yeah, I I agree with you. On on the aforementioned, uh, you were saying there's not too many intermediate teams that have two forwards that would be guaranteed to make any senior 
forward line in, in McGee and, and Evan Doughty. Valley Hills probably have it, in fairness, in Kevin Tierney and David Brady. Mm, they have, but you know. but they're not they're not uh, playing David Brady as forward. Uh, but oh, they have, yeah. No, Ke- Kevin yeah. and David make any team. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. And at the minute, Michael Brady makes any team. I think I mentioned in last week's podcast, maybe it's on the diehard service, that that I've been super impressed with with how he's been performing and and developing his game, and I think he's just getting better and better. Mm, yeah, no, he is. He's he's, he's a good man to get a goal as well, and he can take forty fives. Um, he's a, he's an athlete, like different sort of player to David, but uh, yeah, very very effective player as well. Definitely. Okay, the final. The final game in the McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Championship quarterfinals was Bally, or sorry, Baileyborough against Butler's Bridge. It was our last man standing game. We'll be bringing the last man standing results. We're down to, I think, 17 um, people left now at this stage. But the slightest of um, leaning towards Baileyborough with, with, our, with our predictions in terms of the, our listeners. But you went for Baileyborough, Paul. I stuck with my old trusted Butler's Bridge and, you know, I, I was doubting myself a little bit, but my <laughs> heart, my heart was telling me, look, it's stick with us, stick with, stick with the bridge because we can always win games because we've got that firepower up front. And I feel vindicated. I feel justified in my decision. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the peacock. I've got the, 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 the whole lot just, Blasted out there now for everyone to see that I've I got it right, didn't I? You did, yeah. No, it was a good prediction because I always think if you can predict, if you can make a prediction that turns out to be correct after your team has been played off the field for forty five minutes and a calamity <laughs> happens with the goalkeepers <laughs> and the ball ends up dropping in over the net and and they win it, I always think yeah, that's a, that's a solid prediction, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, like this that shows real intelligence, doesn't it? You have to hand it to the bridge. That's an unbelievable comeback from 10 points down in yeah. the second half of the game. Now, I know that, um, there was a fortunate instance that, that befell Bailber with the keeper getting injured. They didn't have a sub-keeper to put an outfielder in nets and um, the, a soft goal was conceded. But you have to hand it to the bridge. Like You cannot doubt their spirit. They kept they kept going for it and they had the class to make it happen when it came to it. Like They didn't panic. They, they kept knocking over the points. And then they got those two goals in injury time. So mm. the fitness is obviously great. Their spirit is top class, but they're ma- they are making it hard on themselves with that with that defense. And I, I, I've said it all along that that back nine leaks like a sieve, and we're still seeing it. We're still yeah. seeing it. And and the old phrase is that the forwards win matches and defenses win championships. The bridge will be the ones that will will actually. Um, undermine that old cliche if they win the championship with this defence because they've got the forwards that can win any match no doubt about it you put them in almost any situation I think they can they can they're good enough going forward that they can turn it around but over a full championship defence is massive and I I don't know if if their defence will hold on for that whole championship what what the bridge will take out of this and, and, and I don't think anybody can make the argument not even me that the bridge defense is good enough to win the intermediate championship. Whoa, uh, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. What a turnaround this has been there. I love the oh. way we were talking about this off air, and you've actually changed it to like, well, I never said their their defense is good enough to win the championship. We argued black and blue about their defense, and you were saying no. this defense is solid, and all you were saying was when I no, was saying no, no, no. when I was saying, but but they're conceding the eye water and scores. You were pointing out well Killian Letty was injured. And I'm like, hold on a minute. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you're painting you're painting a completely false picture here now. I when it came to championship predictions, I did not say the bridge would win it, did I? Oh, you didn't, but but you said no, that that no. uh at, at no point did I say the bridge would win but it. But you but did you or did you not disagree with me repeatedly when I said that defense is is leaky as hell? No, no. What what I what I you, you started talking you, about lads who weren't there. That was your response you every repeated, time. You repeatedly said that their, their their defense is absolutely terrible, and I would say, yeah, but they're missing Paddy Flynn, or they're missing Fergal Flanagan, or whoever they were missing from the defense. That that was my, you know, contribution to the the discussion about this. It wasn't me saying when they get back that they're going to be a brilliant defense. Um, this, I, what I, what revisionism? So anyone that's listening <laughs> can be the judge of this. This is the greatest piece of revisionism I've ever heard. Let's 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 talk to something that we 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 can 
confirmed though. So everybody thought that the bridge was just reliant on Finton and Quivian O'Reilly to get all the scores. Turns out they're not. John Fitzpatrick and Paddy McPhillips are every bit as potent when the two boys are well wrapped up. Well, I don't. I think we all knew that John was a major threat because you're you've been sitting there for a while, like that. It'd be such a unusual thing for him not to score in a game. One game this championship he hasn't yeah. scored in, and that was against Drumlane when Mark Maguire done a, an absolute man marking job on him. Um, yeah, no, but, but no, but he Fitzpatrick is super. Like they have, they have several ways to hurt you up front. Like, um, yeah, you, you, yeah like this, it's, I wasn't at the game, but I was I was talking to you about it, talking to different people, and following on Twitter. And like at ten points in it, it sounded like Bailey were all over them. Great performances, Reese Clark, Luke Gilson, Michael Argue, all doing well. But I don't know. It's gonna be hard. It's a hard one to come back from for Bailey Burnout this one because they're just gonna have to get back on the horse. But that must be so disappointing because it, it must have took a huge effort. You don't just improve as much as they have in the last couple of years um, by chance. Like they must have put in a huge effort to get to there and. You know, I, I fancied yeah. them. I thought they could have been the 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 ones to spring a big upset because I, I was saying to you before that in the six years or so that we've been doing the podcast, there's never been a team that's actually come and from nowhere and won the championship. Um, no, some teams have come close, but yeah, I think maybe Shercock in 2017 were the closest to that. Like they were, they were ranked a bit down in intermediate that year, and they came and won it, but. It's it's so I unusual. Before the final, though, against Bally Hayes. Mm. Oh, don't remember. I that. took them in that one. Yeah, definitely did. Now, having said that, I I think I can't remember who they played in the semi final. I I didn't tip them to win the semi final, but once they won the semi final, I tipped them to win the final. Mm. Just thought they matched up well. But but you're right. And, and I, yeah, I, I thought it might have been Bellyburn. Right. I did. I think beat. No, no, I, th- I thought it might have been Bailey where that, that, that might have been the ones to go and win this championship. Yeah, yeah. And, and it could have been. It could have been. And I, do you know what? I don't think it's that hard for them to get back on the horse. I actually think that we've seen two years of constant improvement by Bailey Borough that I think they're in the habit of, of, of improving. They're in the habit of working hard. And I think it's very, very important. And I know it's going to be tough because it's the same management now two years in a row they they need to stay and the players need to stay. They've got a young enough team. There's there's nobody really that that I don't think is at the age group that they're going to step away from that Bailiborough side. Um and I, I think Bailiborough, while they'll be disappointed and, and rightly so, they they cannot look at this year and say it wasn't a success. It was. They made progress. They were mm. they were on the day a better team than Butler's Bridge. Let's be fair about it. They they deserve to get their win on it. But it just didn't happen for them. Now their second half collapse is something that they have to look at. They they ran out of steam a little bit. Um, when when momentum was going against them, they needed to figure out how to manage that situation a little bit better. But overall, Billyborough made made huge strides here and 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 are a better team than they were in twenty twenty. And if they continue doing what they've been doing, which I think they will they won't be far away from an intermediate championship next year. Like mm. they'll, they'll, they will be right there with it because like their forward line is, is stellar. There's, there's loads of ways that they can hurt you. Reese Clark, Michael argue, Brendan argue, Rory Farrell, Luke Gilson and Orr McIntyre, Jack McGuinness coming off the bench. They can all score. They're all actual scorers. They're not relying on somebody else to, to wait to get it to the shooter. So that's a huge asset, I think, in fairness to them. And, and mm. I think that they'll use it well going forward. For the bridge, like, this is why I like the bridge, is that they do have an ever sit attitude and they're exciting to watch. They play football to try to get as many scores as possible. Like, that's, mm. that is their game plan. And it, right, I, I look, at, you have to have a bit of a better balance at the defensive end of it. But from a neutral, from a, a, a spectator's point of view, you can't but love this bridge team. Like they're 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 gutsy. They're like they bring in a young guy, Fimber Connerty. I I haven't seen him play before. And he, you know, when the chips were down in the first half, he was the one who was driving at Bailyborough, winning two crucial frees, um, that kind of brought Butler's Bridge back into it just before half time. So they were trailing one eight to three points. Fimber Connolly drives up the field. He's fouled. Creevin sticks it over the bar. He's fouled again after driving up the field. A real high challenge. 
on him. Can't remember who it was. It it, it was one of those ones that got the whole crowd up going, oh, because it looked like his head was about to fall off. But uh, Peter Connolly sticks that over the free, uh, sticks the free over the bar. And, you know, they're, they're bringing young, exciting players, Cahill Leddy, Fintan O'Reilly, Kevin McPhillips. There's so many, Paddy McPhillips, still a young fella. There's so many exciting players on this bridge team that they are good to watch. They're really good to watch. And they, they say it in every single game. They're going out to try to outscore the opposition. They're not trying to stop the mm. scores from the opposition. They're going to try and outscore you. Well, the thing is, I actually love the bridge as well, but I've, <laughs> I, but I've taken a contrary position to you for the sake of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think you you are being a bit too kind on their defense. But look, I don't. Maybe their defense. We're talking about their defense on the podcast every week, which is which is really a byproduct of me wanting to disagree with you. So I hope nobody's taking offense <laughs> at that because they're, I'd love to see them win the championship. They're a smashing team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, just very quickly then into the relegation playoff. So we both, sorry, you went for Bailey on that one. <laughs> I went for the bridge, which, uh, which, which leveled it up. We were both terribly wrong in terms of our relegation playoff predictions. We both went for Arva, who were beaten by Biltorbert, and we both went for Drumlane, who were beaten by Coothill. Um, Give us, the, give us the, the summary of these two games. Well, <clears throat> I suppose the big talking point I thought for this game, for these two games was that the home team was beating them both, um, mm. which which really, really surprised me. I thought home advantage was going to be a huge thing uh, in this, and it, it wasn't yeah. really. Um, I think Kevin Boucher picked up an injury during, during the game for Arva. Uh, he had got a goal early on. I think he might have fisted in a goal. I think in the Arva... Uh, game, both teams started off with four wides each which tells, tells you a lot a lot of tension a lot of nerves low scoring tough conditions complete dogfight Arva were 1-2 to 4 points up at half time Boucher was their main scoring threat um, in the game on the on the Baltorba team I think they created the most chances their defence was excellent they all they all played well at the back from what I was told and uh, um they just pushed on near the end. Peter Shannon had a super game. He, he made a couple of great interceptions and they brought on Jason Riley at the end. I was talking to Jason up in, in uh, Mola at the at the Not Bride Munchaconnet game and he was on the sideline for an upright, but he had the leg and he was telling me he had committed to an upright, but he was going to leg it and try and make it for the second half. So he made it for the second half. But that's serious commitment for a man who's given so many years and he actually came on and got an important point for them. Enda Henry had a super game as well. So... We should yeah. say that, that we got dogs abuse sent in by a couple of Atorba lads. Didn't get telling you about that off air. I don't know if you read it. Uh, no. A, absolute no. dogs abuse. One one called me, uh, uh, well, the first word was shit and the, the second word began with a C, which is the first time I've been called that particular combination of insults. But uh, calm down, lads. Calm down. We just we just tipped uh, you to lose the game. The like what, yeah, what's, I, what's the big deal? I, I think I think another lad was on from Beltorbet and he was annoyed and said that 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 we said that Beltorbet would be in junior for years if they went there, which was not what was said, of course. But you know, training whispers. No, what yeah, was said was that they mightn't come straight back up out of junior, and I, I I don't think they would. I don't think they would yeah. necessarily come straight back up out of junior. Right? Nobody has a divine right to come back up out of junior. So um, funny, I, I I didn't see the abuse. You know, yeah. but then that that is that is my choice to stay away from. The, the the online stuff because I just it doesn't bother me. I did I did get a couple. Sorry, I did get two kind of comments. Ah, you tipped against us and look what we done. And I have no problem with that. You're a hundred percent right. And and it's it's fine. You know, somebody somebody saying that to me is fine. Don't 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 be giving me dogs abuse and calling me a prick for for calling it. But if if I got it wrong, I got it wrong. That's 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 my job to do, and 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 it's fine. But. Um, yeah, but Torbett, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but the audio was played in the dressing room before the game. It sounded a bit like that because <laughs> it was definitely a couple of players now that spoke to me about it, kind of going, oh, you got it wrong, so you did. So, And I don't know that they're diehard followers, so we'll, 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 we'll definitely have to be looking out for that one. But look, yeah. Bill well, if I, if I was Bill Torbett now, I wouldn't be just... I wouldn't be just getting on a high horse about the year that they just had. Like I thought they were, they had the worst year for a long time. But they, like they showed, they showed up there in that game in the dogfight. Um, well, do you and, know that's the one thing you can always rely on, Beltorbet. In a in a dogfight, they will they 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 come out. They'll, they'll, well, they, I think they have lots of heart. Like we always said that yeah. on the podcast, Beltorbet have loads of heart. But 
they don't have the quality at the minute, and that's why they end up in a relegation playoff. But could Hill could Hill or another team that that uh, showed up and got the job done in tough conditions and away from home as well? They bet they bet from Lane to to preserve their their status, and that's huge, I think, for Cudhill because they have that good minor team ready to break through with good few players coming in there. I think it's huge that they have hung on in there an intermediate. Yeah, and they, you know, if they, if they could get things right for next year, like they could be a force of intermediate, um, with one or two new lads in there. I'll have to say, I I, I think could Hill, could Hill were well below par this year. As as in fact, as were, as were most of the teams that ended up in the relegation, if not all the teams, they were they were below their potential, um. Like three of them, I think we I tipped to make the quarterfinals and and didn't make it. But could Hill do have enough quality to be higher up in the intermediate championship than a relegation playoff? But so have Drumlane, and it just goes to show you that if results start going against you, the the momentum can be so detrimental that it's you know it, you can end up in a relegation playoff on it. But could Hill they they look to start to bring through some of these exceptionally well-coached underage players, like I've seen the under-15s, seen the under-17s under playing, and, and there's a lot of talent about to come through on this in, in Coot Hill. They're really well-coached. They've got their heads up. They can kick the ball um, you know, in, in a range of different ways. So I, I think Coot Hill, Coot Hill if, they, if they can just manage to, to bridge the gap for the next two or three years, they'll be, they'll be on the way back up towards senior championship rather than, than going down towards junior but um and, and yeah. Jermaine ended up in that relegation playoff because of a lot of injuries but I think as the thing went on they were getting players back and Jermaine had enough quality on the field to win a few of those oh. games like like I'm looking at the Jermaine team that played there I think the five county under 20s playing there like plus Ryan Connolly uh, Gary Tubman yeah. Dan O'Dowd John O'Dowd there's enough quality there I think Dara Dolan Dolman and I think him on. So Jermaine just I, I, I'm disappointed to see Jermaine going down because I thought they were a young team coming up and they were going to be a real force. But since they won the junior, they they didn't get out of the group last year. And this year now they've they've actually been relegated and they're back to junior. So that's it's a major setback for a young Jermaine team that should have been looking to push on the senior, I thought. I, I and again, not making any excuses for Drumlane. You know, but but losing your manager midway through a championship, uh, like it's very very hard for a management team to come in then and yeah. and pick up things with, without it, with, like or seamlessly pick up things. It, it's it's almost impossible. You know, so I think the whole situation there in Drumlane, they'll just look forward to to Christmas uh, end of year and 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 get twenty twenty two up and going as quick as possible because. That's that's a poor reflection on the panel of players that Julian has at the moment. They, they should be way way better. And Arva, just to talk briefly, if Arva are full tilt, they they're not relegated from intermediate. So Arva now from Lane going down at the junior and having all players available, that's going to be one hell of a, a battle in junior championship between the them sides and whatever teams are left down there. But whatever they're, teams they're, are left they're looking there, yeah. very strong, very strong. Two, yeah. You throw Conal Shorten, Kieran Brady into that Arva team. Maybe they'll send out the SOS call and get Johnny McCabe home. And I, I would struggle to see any team around the province beating that Arva team if they could, if they had everyone. And yet they mightn't even win in Cavan because you're going to have Jermaine in there. You're going to have potentially um, not Bride yeah, or Dan or Shanigans or Drunk. You're going to have one of those, a few of those strong teams that are in the junior at the minute. Like not Brian and Dan in particular are everyone's favourites. One of them is not even going to make the final. Uh, so next year's junior, without a doubt, let's say it now, it's going to be the hardest one junior there ever was. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, 
Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, so moving on to the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship quarterfinals. Um, exciting stuff here in a few games. Uh, yeah, so what yeah, Just to ahead. let people know, sorry, on the intermediate, you had three out of six. I had three out of six. So I'm still one ahead going into the junior championship on last week's predictions. Okay. Junior good, championship. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I look at when I'm winning, I like to tell people. <laughs> um Knockbride, Knockbride against Munch Connors. We both went for Knockbride in this one, came away with the, the victory. Very importantly, you were at this one. I was, yeah. we we go through these junior games a bit quicker because um we're running out of time here, but yeah, I th- I thought not bright. I suppose it was a seven out of ten performance, and it says a lot about their quality that that they still managed to win the game. Um, the first half was very exciting because it was completely end to end. There was so many mistakes in it. It was windy, um, and the ball handling was poor, and it was just turnover after turnover after turnover. It was old style football, really, um, and it was very exciting. But the quality wasn't that great now. Uh, I thought not bright then when they did start the home a little bit, uh, particularly Liam Fay, the centre forward, he scored a great point with the outside of the boot and he set up a goal as well for Philip Rogers. Um, I thought the, the shoulder were cut above. Um, Munch O'Connor very inconsistent. Like Danny Nolan, who's who's been a brilliant player for them for so long, he came up from the fence and, and uh, battered in a goal. I think it took a deflection, but he deserved it because he, he, he just drove at not bright. Um, and then near the end, now, Friday are playing Patrick Smith, who's an outfield player, is playing in goals at the minute due to an injury. And he was unfortunate with a high ball, a point attempt from Endo Shea, just took a vicious swerve and, and dipped at the last second, ended up in the net. And that brought it back. So, not bright, not bright, were five up with a few minutes to go. And I thought they were absolutely all over much of Connacht. And I thought they're going to win this by seven or eight. Uh, and actual fact, they end up hanging on and winning it by two. And the pressure was on at that stage. And much of Connacht had brought Shane Hanley on. And he immediately drew a lot of attention from defenders. But in the closing stages, I felt like, even though I was neutral, I felt like, just for the sake of it, I felt like shouting out and saying, get in on the square, will you? Because they were looking to kick the ball in and he wasn't on the square. He was he was coming out, trying to get on ball and make things happen. So <clears throat> I'm not saying it would have it would have got them anything out of it. I don't think Munster Connick deserved to, to get anything out of it, despite that they did show good heart. Um, their delivery to the, into the inside forwards was poor. Like St- Stephen Sheridan looked like like uh, he would score if he got the ball in there. They started. John McCabe scored the first point. I think they took him off and they put him back on. Kent Fidoji started well in the middle of the field, but went out of the game then. No, Pride is an interesting one. Very quickly, Philip Rogers is not starting, and he he's fit, and I think he's 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 training away, but uh, he's not being selected to start. Or obviously, it's a tactic they're holding him in reserve. I don't know. I think if I was coming up against that Bright, I'd love to think Philip Rogers wasn't going to be starting because he's a super player. And actual fact, my theory with that Bright is that they've got so much quality up front. Like we're talking about junior championship here and I don't have the programme in front of me. I think they have Shawnee Bournes was, was 13, Brendan Carlin was 14, um, uh, Kieran Smith Faye. Kieran Smith was 15, you have Liam Fay on the 40, um, Roy Donahue wing forward and Niall McCabe the other wing forward. Oh, that's a lot of scoring power. The problem is it's too much, Damien. I know that sounds laughable. Those lads are so good and they can all score that I get the impression that they're almost getting in each other's way. That they're, the ball is going in yeah. and there's a load of upright lads there and there's the space isn't there. There's too many green jerseys in there. I, I would say I'm just throwing it out there because... Uh, obviously, the upright manager knows a lot more about the players than me, but I'd imagine they could maybe play Philly Rogers in the half-back line. I play him even centre-half, even though Kevin Trainer is doing well for them there uh, at centre-half. But mm. I would say you could nearly play him there and, uh, you know, to draw some players back and, and, you know, maybe hold one of those other forwards as your impact sub. I don't know what you could do, but they've got they've got a, an embarrassment of riches there with good players. In midfield, you've got Nulty and Mulvey, I think it is. Sorry, I don't yeah. have my programme. Yeah. They're solid, big, strong men and solid. Um, the full-back line is exceptional. Really tight markers. And uh, number five was DJ Cassidy, who had a super game, I thought. So they're going well, not bright. And I think if I was Larry, I'd be really happy with where, where he has them at the minute because they haven't hit form and yet they're in they've won five games out of five. 
um, and they're into the semi-final of it. Now, they're, they're going to need to probably peak now in the semi because they're playing what looks like the strongest team at the minute. No disrespect mm-hmm. to the, the other two teams on the other side. Yeah, it's it's interesting your 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 observation on, on Knockbride. You know when you go into a shop and you're kind of like, I want something for a cup of tea. Oh, there's a Twix, there's a Mars, there's a, a Galaxy, there's a and 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 you immediately don't just go, oh, there's the one I want. I'm grabbing that and I'm going with it. That's that's the Knockbride outfield players in the middle toward the field goal. I've possession the ball. I want to kick it in. Oh Jesus, there's Rogers. There's there's Faye. There's McCabe. You know, there's so many options that mm. maybe it, they're, they're confused by the number of quality options they have when they're trying, and therefore there's hesitation. Yeah, in, I in think that. Yeah. I think that. Or, or maybe if there's a star Philly Rogers in there and go, right, here's the focal point. You look for him and, and yeah. you know, leave space in there. There's nearly too many play- forwards in there that, that are full of ability and that can score but look they've got one hell of a forward over them as well so um yeah yeah uh, i'm sure he'll he'll they'll, they'll, it'll take for them and i i make them favorites at this stage i do make them favorites okay. to win the championship i shouldn't have told you that because you'll cop me again <laughs> <laughs> all right okay we both went for that pride second game was shannon gales against mcnugent saturday afternoon we both went for mcnugent even though and I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have the name check them both Park Dolan and Creevy McGovern told me during the week, back Shannon Gales on this one, we're, we're, we're going to win it. And I, I, I said, look, I think he's a good enough, but I'll be honest, I was probably plumassing them a wee bit. I didn't think they'd win this one. I thought Mike Nugent had too much, too much power, too much of a, an array of talent. But I, this Shannon Gales story just keeps on getting better for them. Like, I was trying to look down... Andy McHugh's gone from the forward line. Uh, Walsh has gone from the forward line. Um, they're, they're missing five starters from that I've seen on the programme. I haven't got the programme to hand from the junior final of two years ago, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They're missing five definite starters that were huge players. Um, the, the, the other names have, have eluded me. They're, they're, they're gone. Um, the fullback, uh, McManus. McManus, Stephen McManus, yeah. Like, absolutely huge players. And yet they're still back in a junior semi-final. Like this is, it's miraculous stuff by them. But on the other side note, I'm done with my Nugent. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, they're gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm never backing them again because they just break me heart too often. Yeah, they are, they're heartbreakers, all right. Um, yeah, well, you made, you made a good call last week. You said if Jason McLaughlin puts in a dominant display around the, the middle toward, like a county senior man can do, uh, then they could win it, and, and he did. He scored five points. Uh, four okay. of those came from play, so that was huge. Like, in the, um, a big performance by Jason Nevin O'Donnell, nine points, eight of those frees. Um, Philip Goldrick come on and got two, and bringing on Kevin McGovern. And there was, by all accounts, there was a huge applause from both sets of supporters when, when Kevin came on, which was great to see as well. So, look, back to the drawing board from our Nugent. Uh, they didn't play then, they didn't play an upright, and by common consent, I think they're the two strongest teams on paper anyway. So you should they should have been probably thinking they'd have, they'd have fancied that one and they probably should have would have been thinking if the draw is falling kindly for us, we can get through to the semi-final here and after that who knows what happens, but it didn't happen. So back to the drawing board. Definitely, definitely. Then against Kildallan um in an absolutely miserable uh, Rory O'Moore's park in in Beltorbit. Um I went out to have a look at this one. I missed the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. And by that stage, Kildallan had two goals in the back of the net. Ryan O'Neill definitely got one of them. He got um, both, yeah. He got both of them, didn't he? Yeah. Phenomenal yeah. start for, for Kildallan. Kickouts working really well. Um, I think it was Keane McCaffrey was in goal, not Dion Johnston. He's out with an injury. They they lost. Fergal Maguire wasn't playing for some reason, but they had Rona Fitzpatrick and Ryan O'Neill causing all sorts of problems. Shane McPartland. But for then, again, for me, the, the, the big performer for them was Sean Donahue. And uh, uh, like Thomas Edward finished with a goal and five or six points, maybe I'd say, by the, by the end of it. But Sean was the busy forward, constantly moving, constantly winning ball, laying off the runners coming off the shoulder. I just thought he had an exceptionally good game. I thought Ushin Kiernan looked like he was getting back to his best the attacking half back line, James Brady, 
Um, Mark McSherry coming forward were, were very good. I thought Kia McCann had a, had a good enough game um, starting in the in the forward line as well. So then, without playing terribly well until the final quarter when they really needed to kick on, um, they 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 done enough to get over the line. But they're still not humming. They're still not playing to full potential. Well, it was a draw game with 10 minutes to go and then, then scored 1-5 unanswered. Now, the report I got, I got says that Dion Johnston was a goals name and, and that he was unbelievable, that he made some unbelievable saves. So maybe my, my facts are wrong here, but whoever was in goals for Kildallan made, made three or four point-blank saves. So we'll have to check yeah, that I, one. I'm pretty sure it was Keen McCaffrey because I, I spoke with one of the Kildallan mentors and he said that Dion was, had been out injured. So it was Kean McCaffrey was in goals. So it may have not have been announced, but it was, it, it was Kean McCaffrey that was in goals for. Okay. Well, Dion Johnson has, has, has uh, played the game of his he life in, in, in the Celt this week. <laughs> <laughs> God. I see. Do you know what? As, as much as I love getting out from Kingspan Brefty, that's the advantage of Kingspan Brefty when there's a change. There's no PA system in, in Beltorbit. So when there's a change in the program, you you won't know about it, unfortunately. Um, but no, it definitely was. It was Kia McCaffrey, um, who I think I'm. Um, I, I I I'm not sure. I, I think he only joined Kildallan about two years ago. But and anyway, he he had a very good game. He definitely had an excellent game. But um, yeah. Then marching on, like Kildallan made strides this year again. Their their season is over, but they're definitely a whole lot better than they were last year. Um, the, the, Connor Crow has had an exceptionally good year. He got a goal again today. Shane McParkland back in around the team. Um, you know, you know, Ryan O'Neill playing at top level. I, I think Fergal Maguire was a big loss to them. Shane McGovern at centre-back is playing quite well as well for them. So a, a good season for Kildallan. They've made progress. For then, they, they'll, do, they'll have sit, done what they set out to do is making the semi-final and, and, and win the game. But there's still room for improvement in them. Um, they'll be delighted though. Cavell Kyogen came off the bench, and that's a big plus to them. He scored three points, two frees, one mark. Um, but his general presence was was a, a hindrance because then started to use the wind, put in long ball, and it it, it drew back in the Kildallan defence a little bit. Or if it didn't, he won his mark or won his free. So um, that's that's a big plus to then to have Cavell back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ben Connolly with four points as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, final game then was in Coothill, Drung against Kill. We both went for Den, by the way, on on that last one. We both went for Drung on this one. And we were right. Drung came away with the with the victory. I heard nothing about this game, so fill me in. Yeah, well, it was low scoring, first of all. It was eleven points to seven. I was talking to James Riley uh, the day before he was up watching that bride and um I was asked them how they were going to be fixed. Now, Tiernan Riley was back. He scored two points. One of those was a 45. Kale and Riley got four. So it sounds like Kale managed to handle the, the drum attack reasonably well, even though the two Rileys did get the six points between them. Paddy McIntyre got one. Uh, but they managed to limit them to, to 11 points. I think they got off to a good start. Well, five points and no score up um, after 13 minutes, and they just sort of rolled, the, rolled it out from there. Uh, five up. So basically five up at the, around the first quarter and four up at the finish. They just kept their noses in front, kept uh, kill at arm's length. On the kill team, Sean Gaffney had a great game, five points, uh, four of those coming from play. Niall McCaffrey had had two. So the two scorers, uh, Barry McMenamin as well was playing, Ben McIntyre. Uh, so I think Kill have improved as well. Like Kill Allen, they were, they were sort of at a crossroads last year and it looked like maybe they might, they might dip down a bit, but they've... They've come back again and they've made, made themselves competitive at junior. Whereas for, for Drung now, first time in the junior semi final in a while, as far as I think, as far as I know. Mm. So, uh, and they're going to be improved by having Tiernan back there as well. So, they're going to, mm. and the draw has fallen kindly for them as well. Like they, they would have wanted Shannon Gales in the semi final. And I've got Shannon Gales. And, and Shannon Gales would have wanted Drung. So, huge opportunity for both these teams now to make a junior final. Uh, which is mm. which is great, which is absolutely super. It's going to be a real novelty. Well, not novelty as in Shannon Gales have been there before, but neither team was expected to make the final at the start. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I think I had. I think we both actually had Drung making the semi final in our predictions. I must pull them out. We did um, before championship. We had three out of the four, and Upright Den and Drung. 
Um, Shannon Gales are, are, are the surprise package to get in there. So well done to Tom Riley. He's always pulling out surprises. Hey, you can never never trust the man from the West at all. Um, okay, that brings us to the end of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. If you want to hear our Romer Energy Team of the Week, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin, where we'll be announcing that and the ultimate heat pads player of the week, along with our last man standing competition. The remaining 17 participants in that competition will be previewing the weekend's action. It's senior championship quarterfinal time in the Kieran Service Station Senior Football Championship. And we also will be looking back over um, two new champions in the Camogie as um, Lara got the better of Crucial and Castle Tara got the better of lacking in the senior and intermediate championships respectively and we'll be looking ahead to the senior championship um, final between Crucialot and Lorgan in the Kyogans Imperial Ladies Senior Football Championship um, and in the Fresh Today Junior Football Championship is Drumgoon against Lara we'll be looking ahead to that as well so very busy weekend time to go I'm under pressure you wouldn't know it thanks Evan. <laughs>